then I choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to a hundred, nigga, real quick. Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up? I'm back. It's KMGZ at Twitter. This is Thanks for Asking Kells Podcast, episode 331. So let's jump on into this because, um, as usual, I don't know how long it's going to be, but I don't have a lot of time because I got to go see Creed 3 at, sorry, dropping, dropping shit everywhere. Got to go see, um, Creed 3 at five o'clock. Listen, um, you know, all the women that are running to this movie to see Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan ain't seen Nan Cream Creed movie, don't know nothing about boxing, but y'all going to see it, look, I'm not even going to hold y'all, I'm not going to hold it against you, because I'm going to be honest with you, I've been going to see Creed to see Finesse Tessa Thompson, the movie is, the first Creed movie was great, it actually was really good, it had Rocky and everything in it, the second one was okay, I thought, the, I thought like the original Rocky franchise, the first movie was better than the second, this third one is getting real good reviews, Michael B. Jordan, um, directed it and it's you know I'm about to go see it but listen I'm not I'm not blaming y'all for not giving a damn about the movie because honestly I've been going to see all three of these to see to see Tessa Thompson and this one won't be no different I'll give a damn about Jonathan Majors um you know uh Sharecropper or or Michael B. Jordan um I don't I, I see why y'all like I, I think John I think Jonathan Majors body looks crazy but I've been saying I've been saying that dude got a good body since um uh the Five Bloods where he played um he played uh Paul and what's the what's the real name? Del Delroy Lindo's son. I noticed that in that movie. I was like, damn, dude, it's cut the fuck up. Like what's he must be doing some crazy um he must be on a crazy diet and regimen because he was cut the fuck up then. So um, and he's just bigger now, I mean, I don't really give a damn, um, and Michael B. Jordan, I, I keep telling y'all for the life of me, I don't see what the big deal about him is, I'm from Philly, and it's like 10 dudes on every block that look like him, so, you know, a Kareem, a Jamal, a Akeem, a Hakeem, a Khalil, it's somebody look like him, so, but whatever, go and see that five, so we gotta get this rolling, so let's go, sorry for the delay, I just, man, look, It'd be rough. I can't do it every week sometimes. I try my best, but it's just things come up, you know, and, and I get off real late, and I still, I'm trying to, I'm still trying to not be a fat ass, so I gotta, you know, it's not, it ain't gonna be on time all the time. I apologize. All right. Um, I do, do I have a yours in negritude? Um, no, I don't think I do. This, and I ain't been nothing spectacular this weekend, and it's no sports, I mean, it's basketball, but, I don't really start paying attention to pro basketball until after March Madness. I just, I don't. I feel, I feel like the season is really long, and teams that be in first place all the way up to like March, sometimes you know don't even make the, don't even make the playoffs. So the, it, it's y'all know that the NBA season is really long, and I just really can't pay attention to it till till um, after March Madness. Um, so it ain't as far as I'm concerned, it ain't really been no sports on. All right, so let's get started. Where do I want to start? I got I got a lot, and, and you know, that, like I said, these these delays sometimes lend to 
better content because I have more stuff to talk about. I'm not scrambling for topics and shit to say every week. So let's see. What I want I definitely want to say that for last. All right, so let's get let's get the old. Well, I don't know. It might not super be super old. Um, but I guess it's the oldest of these topics. Um, so not this week. I believe last week or maybe yeah, last week. Um, a Vlad interview with Stephanie Mills did the Twitter rounds, and in it, Stephanie Mills, who was an OG legend, diva, icon, legend. If you don't know about her, look her up. Um, has some things to say about uh, Beyonce and Diana Ross, which, number one, Stephanie Mills is an OG diva extraordinaire, one of the um, biggest black artists in black music um, in the 70s and eight, uh, 80s, maybe 70s too, I don't know. She starred in um, Broadway of um, a Broadway version of um, The Wizard of Oz. She's, you know, just look her up if you don't know who she is. She is a contemporary of Diana Ross, a contemporary of Shaka Khan, a contemporary of Patti LaBelle, a contemporary of Dionne Warwick, a contemporary of um, Phyllis Hyman, all, you know, all the big, all the big dogs. She's, she's a contemporary of them. Um, and I, what she said, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail with what she said, but she was asked, um, about Beyonce and what she said was, she said, I love Beyonce. Um, you know, as we all do, nobody dislikes Beyonce is the whole point here. And, um, and then she was asked like, is she on the level of Diana Ross? And, 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 and Stephanie Mills said no. And the Beyonce stands, the beehive, the pains and the asses it, do what they normally do. And here's what I want to say. And I have said the same thing. Y'all, first of all, y'all know, do not come up in my face talking about Diane Ross from Brewster Projects in Detroit, okay? She is the Don Diva. She is the Supreme. She is the blueprint on which every other pop act, black or white, is based. Barry Gordy built a thing up there in Motown in Detroit that took over the whole world. And it is a sound that everybody in the world knows. It is a classic sound. It will never die. You can put it on at any function. You can put it on at any event, and nobody's going to complain. That's how. That's how long-lasting, classic, and and just juggernaut of of a music that was. And his biggest star, his biggest um, yeah, star. I'm trying to think. Um, is that actually correct? I believe that it is. I, 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 I don't believe there's anybody that's bigger. Is Diana Ross and the Supremes, but it's Diana Ross. And if you know the story, I'm not going to go into it here. If you know the story of Supremes, it's really unique because there were other, the Supremes were like the last group to catch on. They took forever to get hit. Barry Gordy set his stuff up like a factory and he was rolling out acts like a factory. And it's a, it's a, it's a system that almost every other company has, has followed because it works so well for Barry. And he came up with his on his own. He used to work at Ford and he was like, Hey, we could take this assembly line, uh, uh, thing that Ford is doing and apply it to music and you know history was made right um and if you know the story it took them a while but but once they did pop on they were like the most successful act they're the most successful girls uh group 
Dreamgirls is, is, is based on them. Um, they were on the Ed Sullivan show, and if you talk to anybody black that was around during that time that had a TV, including Oprah Winfrey, they will tell you about the excitement seeing the Supremes, black girls, on TV for the first time, and that was Diana Ross and the Supremes. And to me, she is... There are certain acts in certain genres that are above all else. Even Michael Jackson looked up to revere Diana Ross. She introduced, actually, Diana Ross is the one to introduce Michael Jackson to Jackson 5 to the world. Even he reveres her. She is she is the standard of all standards. You ain't got to like her. I can't stand when people talk about she can't sing and all this. That's really... I, I, I don't actually think that's true. Y'all know how I feel about that. I, y'all figure people ain't hooting and hollering and singing. Is she a supreme vocalist? No. But, um, you know, I think she does what she does well. But you, if you, you can't come for Diana Ross. And I think that Stephanie Mills is right when she says Beyonce is not on that level. And she's not that kind of... And it's not... The problem that we have is that we... Like I said, everybody likes Beyonce. Nobody has a problem with Beyonce. What we can't stand is our stupid-ass fans. Because, first of all, y'all are delusional. You don't deal in facts. And, and you just you just think that any time that anybody does anything but worship your favorite as a god, that they're wrong or they're being dis- disrespectful and they don't know what they're talking about and we're here to tell you that y'all the ones that know what y'all talking about okay nothing that she said is wrong she is quite correct she said that diana gives glamour and beyonce to her is hip-hop and all the fucking millennial stands went off the reason y'all went off is because y'all ignorant motherfuckers don't know anything that occurred prior to you being here she said that for a reason and she is correct because myself, as a Gen X, and those of us who were outside, when the transition in black music went from the disco and the pop and the R&B, which it was heavy and strong in the 60s, 70s, and eight, early 80s, early up to like mid-80s, when it got taken over by hip-hop, by quote fingers, hip-hop, which was our generation, which was Gen X. And she is absolutely correct in saying that Beyonce is hip-hop. That's not a put-down, but to her and and a Diana Ross and a Chaka Khan and a Phyllis Hyman and a Whitney Houston and a, um those prior 70s and 80s R&B divas that were coming up out the disco era, that came up out of Motown era, that went into the disco era, that came into the R&B era, that came into the pop, the Donna Summers, that came up into the disco slash pop era. That's exactly what Beyonce is because she's in the generation after. Actually, two generations after because the generation after Diana and them is actually Whitney. Whitney carried those, the, the, the mid to, uh, 80s, the, all through the 80s. It's actually Whitney, and who, and whoever Whitney's contemporaries were, well, I don't even know who that would be now, because she just t- tore through everybody, kind of put a lot of, on purpose or not, kind of put a lot of careers to bed, and then the generation that came after Whitney are your Brandys and your Monicas and your Beyoncés. So, Stephanie Mills is talking about an artist that is two generations behind her. So, to her, she's hip-hop, because... That transition occurred, y'all wasn't around, because y'all was born, y'all millennials, y'all wasn't born, y'all was born in the 80s or whenever, 90s, whenever the fuck y'all were born, y'all weren't around, y'all weren't on the street, y'all weren't outside, y'all weren't aware, so y'all don't understand what the woman is saying, she's not putting her down, but to her that is hip-hop, because even Mariah, Mariah Carey is hip-hop, because Diana Ross 
And Stephanie Mills and all them, they were of a different generation. They are our parents' generation. It was all about glamour. It was all about class because they were coming, they grew up in Jim Crow. And they were coming up during segregation and during the civil rights fight and the civil rights era where it was a lot of, a lot of you know, negative stereotypes and, and negative things being said about black people and being used to keep black people down. We're dumb, we're illiterate, we dirty, we can't think, we're not, we not, we stupid, we're not capable of holding jobs and all we good for is in the fields a lot, you know, and we don't want to go to, they, we can't, uh, we don't want to go to school with them because they're not superiors. We all that bullshit they dealt with. Okay. And so their response to that, and some people say it's a trauma response. I don't really think it's a trauma response. I just think it's a response because what people forget is people tend to think that, you know, people want to cut the, cut the cord for us from when we came to America enslaved, but they don't want to understand that us as a people, with root African people who, you know, we not Africans, but we African Americans, we came from over there. African people worldwide, we always put that shit on. We've always been, I mean, we be, it's to the point of being ridiculous sometimes. All the dictators and shit over there, terrible people, but they all got the best suits and the best, that's, that's how we do. And when they brought us over here and they cut us off from that because they was trying to degrade us and trying to make us less than human and putting us in this fucked up ass potato sacks and having us, our hair looking all crazy and shit, and people say, oh, that's a, tra it's not a trauma response, it's a bitch shit, get off me, get the fuck out, I don't, I'm, let me put my shit on like y'all got us looking fucked up, this ain't what we do, we, we keep our hair laid, we keep our skin moist, we wear bright colors, we look nice, we don't be dressing bummy in this old pilgrim ass shit that y'all fucking white people wear, we ain't how we are, so as soon as we got a chance to do that, that's what we did, I don't think that's a trauma response, I think that's a, damn, about time, back the fuck up off me response, this is how I, this is how we dress, we don't, we don't dress like y'all dress, y'all look fucking dusty as fuck, that ain't how we do, so, that's what they come from, when you step outside, you look sharp, and yes, there are some other, like, slavery and, and Jim Crow related reasons, because y'all mother, young motherfuckers don't know, back in the day, you know, they, if you, they would do anything to fuck with us, so, if your kids was outside looking raggedy, they would snatch them up and say, oh, these are orphans, and, and they're not, not being taken care of, and send them off to, like, a penal camp, or to, to go do slavery in another name, if you was out looking bummy, just loitering, you ain't working somewhere, they could say, so yeah, there's a lot of institutional and, and, and race, racist reasons why we tend to look nice, but that's not the only reason, so that's the generation you're dealing with. The generation, look, we laugh now. We see these, <laughs> I saw my dad's high school picture, and I was like, nigga, you look like you got a job already. How you 17 years old? These niggas got, they had their hair done. They, I mean, they look like grown people, because back then, that's what they did. It was just a class thing. So, and Diana Ross was the epitome of that. Okay, the only other person that I think really comes close in class and sophistication to, because y'all really try to play in Diana Ross's face. Y'all don't understand. Diana Ross starred as a black woman in a movie in the fucking 70s, Lady Sings the Blues, and got nominated and all of that, and did a really good job. Like, Diana Ross was a big fucking deal. Okay, Diana Ross was Whitney Houston before Whitney Houston. She was a huge. So, uh, do you understand how, how important and big and, and famous you have to be for Hollywood to let you star in a movie in, in the 70s, in the early 70s? And then she got mahogany. Like, it, and it, that, wasn't, that wasn't no small thing. So, y'all really play a lot on Diana Ross's name, but Diana Ross laid, laid the ground, the soil, the pavement, the concrete, put up the whole house, put up the walls, cut through the doors, made the windows, everything that's open for 
all of these other girls to come through. Okay? So, pop stars. Okay? So, y'all can say what y'all want to say. Y'all don't, you know, beautiful gowns, all these jokes. That's great. But y'all got it fucked up. Because it's really... She's... There's no... There was no pop superstar like that before her. They had Elvis. All white. They had Elvis. They had, um... The Beatles. That's it. Even... I don't even think it was a black man. Sam Cooke. But even him, I'm not really sure. Maybe. The Temptations. Um, um... Who else? Very few, like maybe Smokey, but no, I don't. I don't really think so. I don't even think there was a male group that's comparable, except for the Temptations, that's comparable to what the Supremes and Diana Ross accomplished. And and the Temptations, nobody from the Temptations as a solo artist, anywhere near. Listen, Diana Ross brought a million people to Central Park in a, in a thunderstorm, and they stayed. I watched that shit on TV. I remember. I was. I don't know how old I was, but I watched that shit. We had a TV in the kitchen. I watched that shit on Kitchen TV, and we all watched like, yo, are they gonna call the show? Like, is, is, like what? What's going on? She's pouring down rain. It was like we was nervous. Like, is she gonna get struck by lightning? Like, are it, like it was stressful <laughs> to watch. But nigga, I don't know what artists they they have whole rolling out festivals now, and it don't be that many people in Central Park. So. Not too much on Diana Ross, but I said all that to say that the reason she is not wrong is because Beyonce is hip-hop. So is Mariah. Mar- all that fucking... <laughs> they was trying to make Mariah the goddamn... They wanted her to be the Barbara Streisand singing-ass diva, and that's what she was doing. But Mariah was like, nah, I was, you know, all that hip-hopping and up against the rappers and leaning up against the cars and sitting on rappers' laps and doing the remixes and Diddy and them and all up in the camera and shit. D- d- that's not what the generation... That's hip-hop. That's hip-hop. Destiny's Child with the camo and the, and the, and you doing the routines and the dances. That's hip-hop. Them other, that's where they get, that's where that comes from. So I don't know why y'all acting like she's saying something wrong. That's hip-hop. That's the whole, that's our shit. Not there. That old baby boomer shit was different. Okay? And that's all she's saying. To her, that's hip-hop. They don't, they, Stephanie, watch them go on YouTube. Watch them old videos. They might give you a quick two Gladys night. They might give you a quick two-step. It might be them and two dances on the side, but they're doing some more elegant, you know, how the old, you know how the aunties dance. They're doing some elegant steps. They're not doing all this fucking breaking it down and, and hip thrusting and all that shit that, 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 that we did, that the, that the hip-hop quote fingers did. So she's correct in that. She's also correct in saying that Beyonce is not glamorous like Diana Ross. Listen, all due respect, I like Beyonce. But Beyonce is a Bama, okay, in her fashions and her dress. She does not give glamour. She might give beauty, absolutely. She gives beauty and she gives wealth and she gives success. But glamour... Nah, I can't really say she does, and I and we and, and it was chatter on the timeline of who really does. Even Rihanna, my favorite. There's a difference between fashions and 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 edgy and and glamour. That's a different thing. The only thing that re- the only person I think that really gives glamour right now is Mariah Carey with the gowns and the bedazzle. Her just her whole persona. That she's the only one I really uh, Phyllis Hyman gave glamour I think but you know she rest in peace Whitney didn't even really give glamour Whitney didn't give glamour Whitney wasn't the glamour girl Whitney got on stage and her she looked nice she gave she you know she gave um Jersey church girl not even church girl but like she didn't Whitney was not Whitney was throwing her fur coat 
and her dress and her gown, and yes, she looked beautiful, but her style, her, her brand was not glamour. Whitney be out in jeans and Reeboks and baseball hats and, and the wig visors. We've seen her. She wasn't glamour. I don't think I've, I don't think you've ever seen Mariah and Mariah even says she don't wear sneakers. <coughs> I don't think I can think of maybe one time I seen Mariah in a pair of sneakers I, when she had that Jersey dress on. Mariah is always in heels. She's always got her jewelry. Her hair is always going to be done. And if it ain't you, ain't, Mariah Carey went to the, the breakfast club with her own lighting. Okay. Cause she didn't want to be seen. That that's, that's glamor. And I don't know if any, I don't, I think she's the only one. So, and just the way y'all are constantly coming at these legends because they don't want to squeeze your favorite into their purview. It's so fucking stupid. These women are the trailblazers. There would be no pop music if not for them. So if they want to say what they want to say about who they want to say it about, they can because they have, they have rated the right to say that. They have paid the cost and walked the walk and talked the talk and, and sat in the colored section or didn't get paid or got ripped off or didn't, you know, didn't get the opportunities that they should have because of these racist-ass white people. They, they've they earned the right to say what they want to say, okay? These are not some yin-yin round-the-house-ass artists, okay? That ain't motherfucking, I don't know, uh, uh, Kaya sitting there saying that shit. That's, that's Stephanie fucking Mills. And y'all stands, that's why we can't stand y'all, because y'all stupid asses who don't know shit about shit, y'all swear y'all just know-it-alls and music, and this one can't sing and that one can't sing. Y'all don't be knowing shit about shit. Period. Y'all don't be knowing nothing beyond when y'all was little corny asses was outside and we tired of that shit okay but ain't nobody gonna stand for you trying to come for no Stephanie Mills that understand what Stephanie Mills did and 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 what music was like back then so fuck y'all dead ass we tired of it we tired of y'all and since I'm on that subject so Chaka Khan Chaka Khan gave another interview about the Rolling Stone list and some other things, and she was being Shaka Khan. Now, Shaka Khan been being Shaka Khan since the 80s. Shaka Khan been on that sauce and on that stuff since the 80s, and Shaka Khan is known to, to talk exactly how she was talking on that thing, so I don't know why y'all so shocked. Everybody like, oh my God, they need to stop letting her talk like that. She's ruining her brand. This is what we be talking about when we see them the fuck y'all talking about. Shut the fuck up. How the fuck can Shaka Khan ruin her fucking brand? She's Shaka Khan. She is a fucking legend. Everybody knows Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan done worked with Prince. Every, covered, everybody named Mama done covered her fucking song. Shaka Khan and Rufus is an iconic funk and R&B group. Crucial to, to the history of music and black music. Sh- shut up. Y'all are so irritating with that shit. Shaka Khan been giving interviews like that since the fucking 1980s. I have someone I've told y'all before, very um, close to my family, who is very famous, who be telling who I have personally witnessed around Shaka Khan and, and witnessed Shaka Khan in sh- full Shaka Khan mode, me, myself. She's been like that since the fucking 80s, okay? That's just how she is. She's been on the, she's she, she been on the, it's to the point where the divas of her status, when she's around and they're around and she's coming in, they be like, oh, here she go. That's like, every, it's just known about they be like, oh, she, there she go, she about, to, matter of fact, it was a uh, long time ago, I was about 11 or 12, my auntie was getting honored in Philly 
Um, sometimes they give celebrity street names. She was it was one of the street naming ceremonies. Shaka was there. Some who else was there? Um, I think Phyllis Hyman was there. I, I, I specifically remember Shaka being there though because Shaka showed her whole ass. She did typical Shaka, and I just remember Auntie being like, "Oh, here she go on that shit!" Right before she stepped up on the stage, and Shaka, sure enough, was on her shit. And they had to do similarly what Stephanie Mills did with Shaka the verses, where they had to just keep grabbing the mic and, and just making sure she wasn't gonna embarrass herself too bad. That's that's that was in the eighties. I want to say that was like had to be like eighty. Three, something like that. I just, it's a vivid memory for me. I just remember that very vividly. So, you know, ain't she gonna, the next interview she give gonna be like that too, because they've all been like that. The most coherent interview I've ever seen her give is when she went on Larry, um, um, Larry, um, fuck, what's Larry's last name? Damn, y'all know Larry's, um, talk show to t- when Whitney died. And she talked about how she was appalled that they would um, go on with, with, with that party with Whitney still in the pro. That's the most, um, one of the most coherent. I'm sure she's had other ones, but I remember that one as being, you know, she was coherent on that one and clear and not clearly not on, you know, that stuff. Um, and, like, we just, you know, another one, a legend. Nobody's canceling her. Nobody, like, she can say what she wants to say. I mean, that Rolling Stone list, look, we done been up and down it. I say, I think it was a fine, I think everybody that was supposed to be on that list was on the list. I think you can argue about the order all you want, but I think uh, Rolling Stone said, this is not about vocalists, this is not about, you know, who, we're not, this is about impact and, like, and, 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 um, success in the industry, even with that I still think the list was not in the greatest order, but I think when when you look at it that way then you're not hollering about you know, why is Chaka Khan not at number one, because for Rolling Stone which is like, you know, rock music, pop music, not so much soul and R&B they understand that that's a great act, like I said, she's a legend Chaka Khan and Rufus, everybody knows them, but in the full scope of like rock music and pop music considering all the genres, which is what that list was, maybe Shaka wouldn't be so high. Maybe Shaka wouldn't be as high as a brandy because in pop music and in rock music and in the genre, more people are probably more familiar with brand. I'm not saying I agree with their order, but I when they I understood their logic behind the order that they had, and so it I wasn't so upset even though if I didn't think it was correct order, like, I think they had Aaliyah way too high, but I think they had her so high because for a certain generation, Aaliyah was a big deal. And so Rolling Stone is going to have her higher than a Shaka Khan, which even for my generation is a little is a little dated. You know what I'm saying? Like, by, so I don't know why we got to argue so much over this list. I thought that it was a good list. Because I've seen, listen, there have been Rolling Stone lists before where they had like the Grateful Dead or the Beatles or, or, or the Who at number one. And niggas is like, the, what? Like, clearly this is some old white dude list. So I, that's what I'm saying. The list wasn't an old white dude list. It seemed like they got a lot of people together and this is what they came up with. And I didn't, you know, like I said, one, two, one and two was perfect. Aretha and Whitney was at the top. So that means whoever was doing it, they got that shit right. They started at the top 
and went the rest of the way. They got them two right, and, and all the rest of the order is what it is. I ain't feel like it was worth uh, arguing over because they got the first two right, so you could some thought was put into it is what I'm trying to say. It wasn't some willy-nilly-ass willy list. Okay. What I want to talk about next. Since we on Whitney, I want to talk about... So... There's another um, video that went around Twitter a few days ago, CC Winans, talking about Whitney. Now, let me just first say, if y'all listen to this podcast, y'all know I don't see it for the black church. I don't see it for church, period. I don't see it for organized religion, period. I think it's the cause of all the suffering, trouble, and, and degradation, and, and everything wrong in the world is because of religion. Not a religious person. I definitely don't see it for Christianity because I just, I never will. I will never understand why black people have so much faith in the religion that was literally used to justify enslaving you and tearing you from your people and your native shit. You, all I know is before the white man got there with they Jesus, Africa ran the world. The people of color, people, the Asia, the people of color, we ran the world. They came in with their Christ. We took that shit. They got everything else, and we've been doing bound bad ever since, so the shit ain't never made no sense to me why y'all ride so hard for that shit. But um, she's on there talking about... Let me just say, I ain't never liked CC Winans. I, I, don't like, I don't like black church folks generally because I just think they hypocrites and full of shit. And like I've always said, I've always been turned off to religion because some of the nastiest, most hateful people that I ever encounter uh, always super church super deep in the church sitting in church every time some of my grandmother's friends who you know you learn shit about later just was always church all the nice people that they were called sinners and this and the hoe and that one's this and the ones that the church folks was always talking about and always trying to drag and always trying to judge they always turned out to be good people nice people some of the best people I ever met and here go these judgy ass, you got two, you, you done cheating and the preaching, fucking everybody in the, in the congregation, and you cheating on your husband, and your husband got a whole nother side of the family, but y'all weren't running around sitting, calling somebody else a sinner, cause she, you know, she not married or whatever, like I never, I don't fuck with church, I don't like church people, I don't like churchy people, I don't like churchy gays, I don't like none of y'all niggas, I find y'all all to be full of shit and ridiculous. And I'm just not sitting in no institution. I don't give a fuck if you call it Unitarian, euphemism, you know, I don't know, fucking Dolomitism. I don't give a fuck what you call your church. I don't care how many rainbow flags and all the welcome ash flags you hang outside. That institution itself is based in hatred of gay people. Same way white supremacy and cat and all of that shit is based in black people being inferior. I'm not going to sit up in no clan church and say, oh, well, it's the preacher. This preacher, he doesn't teach about his. He's still a fucking, we're in a church that's based on black people being inferior. You can't clean that up. I don't know what, I don't know what y'all don't understand about that, but whatever. God bless. I'm not doing it. Um, so she gets on there and she supported, she was friends with Whitney Houston, rest in peace. And you know, Whitney is from the church. And I have always said, I feel like that that's, that lent heavily. And it's not just me saying that. Robin Crawford said it, and her ex-husband Bobby Brown said it. I feel like that churchy shit and that judgmental shit and her not being able to be free and be who she is and maybe be who she wanted to be. I don't know. Maybe she might have still wanted to be with Bobby. We don't know. But Bobby seems to think that Bobby said if, if she could have been with, with Robin, she'd still be alive. So I'm going to take his word for it. 
I tend to think that that was weighed heavily on her soul and her spirit and is a large part of why she had the drug problem that she did, couldn't shake it, and why she, you know, left us so early. And it's a story all this time. There's a lot of other, um, you know, there's a very strong connection between people who struggle with their sexuality and, and drug abuse, okay? Um... So she's talking about her co-fingers, close personal friend Whitney, and she's saying that, you know, the Whitney was, wasn't demonic, but the, the, first of all, I think you fucking niggas sound like village fucking idiots with this demonic, that's demonic, this is devil. Y'all sound fucking stupid. Y'all sound like little fucking kids, okay? There ain't no devil. There ain't no demons and all that shit. Get the fuck out of here with that ignorant ass shit. Like, do I believe in the creator? Yes. And if you believe, you know, and, and, and if you believe in like a benevolent, you know, God or whatever, force, which I do, then by logic, you also have to believe in one that's evil and against, and I definitely do, but not in this way y'all be talking about, this fucking dumbass shit, where y'all just don't want to take responsibility for being fucked up people, and it's not you cheating and going fucking Miss Sally down the street, it's a demon, or it's the devil, or the devil stays busy, I joke about that shit, but I really think when people be dead ass serious about that, y'all think the fucking biggest fucking village idiots, medieval fucking can't read, can't count ass fucking idiots, ever, and it's 2023, and for people to be talking about demonics and demons, y'all, shut the fuck up, you stupid bitch. And I ain't never liked CeCe Winans anyway. I ain't liked her since the 90s because she's homophobic, and she be saying, she's just, she always saying little shit. I, could, I just ain't never like her. She was on Arsenio Hall one time, and she just said she's just she's just a typical church person, and I don't want to hear from her fans. Or, y'all got to, and, and the church people, I don't, I, listen, you're not... I, you think you making points with me with telling me about, I know about church people. That's my whole point. Fuck them. I don't, I don't want to hear your logic. I don't want to hear your reasoning. Well, you're not going to pull the saint from the light. I don't want to pull the saint from the light. You and the light and the saint, y'all can all fucking get, go to hell on. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. Cause it's all dumb to me. It's my point. So I don't give a fuck. I'm going to say what I say, and I'm saying fuck her, because I don't like what she said, I don't like what she has said in the past, and I think the whole shit is fucking dumb, and for you to be, and for you to, and and like somebody said, standing up there calling somebody your close personal friend, but referring to her gift that the creator gave her, that she was born with, referring to that as demonic, or the song she sing demonic, that's church, that's typical religious people, ridiculous uh, fucking shady as fuck, like, girl, shut the fuck up, uh, listen, I don't give a fuck what none of y'all say, people like Whitney Houston, people like Michael Jackson, people who are incredibly gifted like that, that is a gift from the Lord, y'all superstitious, again, village-ass idiots, swear that, oh, they made us, they made a deal with the devil, that's how they got that talent, how the devil don't, the devil don't have gifts to give like that, if, if, I'm sorry. How, why do y'all believe that things that are great and things that are that are beyond this world and things that are, are as you can't so big that you can't even comprehend it? That's your little small brain world ass view that was assumed that's coming from the devil. The devil, if you believe in him, he's fucking one of God's creatures. He was kicked the fuck out. So how he he don't have no gifts to give. Everything comes from the from God, from the Creator. So y'all just sound stupid when y'all. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't under. All y'all sound dumb as fuck. And I have a lot of friends that are religious, and I just I don't know. I just I just when they get on that, I just turn. I just ignored them because I'm like, you too smart and too educated, and I don't know why you can't turn your brain off of that shit. But whatever, just fine. You know, but I don't have nothing that's dumb like that. I don't have nothing. Thank God, none of my people I know that be talking about demons and all that bullshit. And, 
you know, whatever. Um, and I think y'all get that shit too much credit for, oh, that's the religion that rose outside of slavery. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. We took, we already had beliefs and we already had gods and we already had things that we believed in and we just applied it to what they put on us. We just flipped it to what they put on us. So, you know, we always believed in, in, in a greater, a power greater than us. And we always believed in that shit and we just kind of put it on the Christianity. But don't act like, I hate when people act like Christianity is what God got the slaves through it. No, it's not. The slaves is calling on their end. You think Harriet Tubman was running through the dark? And, and, and guiding herself through the stars and the moon and all that shit in the sky and bringing these people with her back and forth, back and forth as many times as she came talking about some Jesus. Nah, she was calling on her ancestors and she was calling on things greater than her. And she was being guided by the stars and the moon the same way ancient, the ancient Africans who built the pyramids and mapped out the stars and all of that shit was before we even got here. That's what she was calling on. Right, so get the, I don't like that shit either. No, no, it's not. That ain't, that ain't, that, that white Jesus is not what got us free out of slavery. It's not. Cut that shit out. All right. Um, yeah, so fuck, the, 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 all that was to say fuck her and, and fuck y'all churchy motherfucker. I can't stand a churchy gay. That's why I don't really, that's why I really, my gay circle is really small because I can't stand y'all church because all of y'all have this internal homophobia, especially Nah, I can't. I'm. I can't even lie. I was about to say especially gay men, but I can't even lie because these dykes are, do it too. That's why y'all stuck in these gender roles. That's why y'all can't get out of this heteronormative uh, diet. What's that word? Shit, I'm losing my words. That yo, I had to write an email earlier. That shit took me like so long because I, I just I, I couldn't figure my words out. Y'all stuck in this heteronormative like um, box. And y'all can't break out, and y'all can't, you know, you're stuck in these gender roles and 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 all of this shit, and and that's why, um, because y'all been up in that church that's telling y'all y'all a sin and hate the sinner, not the hate the sin, not the sinner. Let me tell you, let me just sum all this up. I ain't never fuck with church folk because it ain't a motherfucker that wake up and go to sleep and put their pants on two days a time and brush their teeth and shower, shame as me that can send me to any heaven or any hell. So you can kiss my fucking ass. You, who, who are you to condemn me? Who are you to tell me that I'm, uh, my life ain't right and what I gotta do? Bitch, fuck you. You fucking get up on, and put your feet on, two feet on the floor and try to do the best you can with a lower IQ, no shade, every fucking day. So who are you to tell, why would I, I never, under, why would I listen to, I just want to get this preacher shit. I'm going to go, you're going to go listen to some random dude, nine times out of ten, they don't even have no education and no certifications or nothing. They just up there fucking talking. Why are you listening to this dude? He don't know shit. I never got it. I never, I'm sorry. I never, if you, if you an ordained print, my, my grandmother was AME. They, I don't know if you know about AME church services, but they not real super jazzy. <laughs> they not. You go in, there's a reverend or a, um, a reverend or a, um, what's the other title? That's an official title. A reverend means that you have a certain level of a degree. I think it's a doctorate. And there's another one, not a bishop, that's a Catholic church. Um, but anyway, in the AME church, when the people that's behind the pulpit, they're not just up there off the street. They have training. They had them collars because they did the school. And and they teach it's dry as fuck. I ain't gonna lie. But they teach the Bible, they say the Bible verses and they and they and they teach whatever 
church shit y'all trying to get whatever but it's not that it's not that old fucking hollering and hoop and just random this guy was in jail for 20 years now he's a preacher like i'm sorry what i'm sorry what y'all are in this church listen to this man that that murdered 25 and i'm not saying you can't be redeemed and all that but you can be redeemed in the pews bruh i ain't i ain't murdered 25 people and i'm in i'm not up there so i don't (laughs) i don't i don't get it but whatever that's enough on the church i don't fuck with it i don't fuck with it if y'all ain't get the message, I don't fuck with it. So fuck her. And I thought that was fucked up. And I just, it just, man, Whitney is a hard one because I just feel like if, if a few things would have been, would have been a little different, if she could have just made it just another year, just if she could have just made it out of that hotel room, I just think that she could have got to a place where she could have accepted and, and, and shook off some of the fake ass friends and maybe been all right. I just feel like Whitney just, you know, she might've been all right. So it's a, that's a hard one. I mean, I know it's none of us know the day nor the hour. And I've, I've, um, you know, read different, heard different accounts from people who really knew her. And some people were like, you know, they just, they feel like that she probably went because she had lost her voice and she had lost her gift. And she just, you know, if she couldn't give that, then that was all she had to give maybe. But I just still feel like she could have went on. So that one is that one hurts, and just to think about keep these people that was around her and surrounding her and calling her friends keep turning up to be trash. It's just very disappointing. Okay, off of that. Um, so <laughs> the other film, I just want to say, pussies are facing the world. Now, if you don't know what I'm referring to when I said that, Rihanna's. I told y'all last week, Rihanna's. Um put her family on the front of British Vogue and it sent the, the world into a tizzy because apparently having be on the front of British Vogue with Rihanna, one of the most desirable, beautiful women in the world that anybody would give to be with. It, apparently being her, her man and impregnating her twice is, is somehow emasculating and, and makes you a bitch. I'm not really sure how, but whatever. And, you know, but, um, so I'm just, I'm calling this era that we're in, this sassy era, the p- pussies are facing the world, okay? And this clip that went around Twitter this week where Michael B. Jordan, he's from Newark, New Jersey, apparently this um, this podcast chick, I don't even know her name, but I don't like her because that's the same one that harassed Kehlani when she was asking Kehlani was her and Scissor Scissor, like, because Kehlani's gay, you're going to ask her what she fucking, it, it, she's just a clown-ass chick, she's been a clown-ass fucking chick, and so, apparently on the same show, whatever show she's on, because I don't listen to it, she went to high school with Michael B. Jordan, and she was saying, this was two weeks ago now, because people tried to make it like the man was mad about her, him calling her corny in high school, that's not what happened, the lady was on the radio, because they were talking about Creed coming up, and she was saying how they went to high school, and he was very corny, he used to bring his headshot to school, whatever, whatever, she was saying that on a show a few weeks ago so he got wind of that clearly yeah people try to act like he remembered her him calling her calling him corny in high school no so he runs across her on a red carpet and she wants an interview and he stops and gives her the look that any nigga who runs across somebody that was just talking shit just calling him corny just chalking shit just being you know whack now, but here you go now st- shoving the mic in my face, trying to act like we homeboys, and yo, we went to the like trying to be all, all Joe with him. 
but she was just calling him corny. He gave her the same, he gave her the exact energy that you should give. And y'all did a whole lot with it, talking about he was mad. Talk- no, he wasn't. He did that shit perfectly. He gave her, and actually, he was nice. Because he didn't have to give her an interview. But that was that was made it so fly, because he's Michael B. Jordan. He's an A-list actor. Excuse me. Whether you think his acting skills are up to par or not, I'm... I'm one that kind of don't, but whatever. He's still an A-list actor. He's He has good movies. And for you to be trying to get the interview with me because I'm the A-list star and getting the interview with me, I could walk past you and it don't fucking affect me at all. I'm still going to be Michael Jordan, A-list star. But for you to get this interview means a whole lot. And I'm going to still give you the interview. Even though you call me corny, I'm going to still give you the interview because I see you a black woman, you got the mic up, and you know. So I thought it was, I thought it was done perfectly. I thought it's all it was. He wasn't mad. He just let her know, yeah, I'm the corny dude. Yeah, that's me. I'm giving. That's me that you trying to get this interview with right now. I thought it was perfect, and I thought people that had a problem with it, pussies are facing the world. That's all I'm saying. This whole, I, that's just what I'm gonna call it from now on. I'm tired of you sassy niggas. I'm sorry. I'm tired of you. I don't know what happened. I don't know what shifted in the universe. I'm just tired of you bitch ass niggas. Y'all act like a bunch of hoes. Y'all act like a bunch of fucking girls. And I don't mean that in a in a sexist way, but you know what the fuck I'm saying. Y'all act like a bunch of bitches. And I'm tired of it. We all tired of it. Pussies are facing the world, and we need y'all to get some some pants on and put them shits away. All right. Lastly, um, I want to talk about, so I told y'all last week, I, I suggested a couple, um, podcasts to you, and, um, one of them was the Murdoch Murders Podcast, and I actually think I've suggested that before, so the Murdoch case is a case that I have actually been following for quite a bit, because the, um, area where this occurred in South Carolina it's not too far from my, my father's from South Carolina. He was born in, born in South Carolina. He lived in South Carolina until he was seven, so he had to come up north. And I've told y'all the story about that. They was going to lynch him, and so he had to come up north. Um, but he lived in South Carolina until he was seven. My daddy and them is from, um, well, I say Florence because Florence is the main city where they're from. But they're actually from the read that whole little area. Florence is a straight shot to the coast to Myrtle Beach, and they're from the area that's like halfway between that little area, but most people, I think, you know, live in Florence now, so I say Florence, but they're closer to Myrtle Beach, um, which is not too far, it's not technically the low country, the low country is down by Charleston, they call it the low country, because it's low in the state, near, it's near, um, Georgia, like that area, it's actually where the, where the Murdoch murders take took place is, in, is where the Marine Corps, where I went to boot camp for the Marine Corps at Paris Island, that's that area, the Beaufort, Charleston area, very nice actually area down there, um, and so I have been following this from the beginning, and I have, there's this podcast called the Murdoch Murders Podcast, that is the podcast that got the criminal charges on this case rolling what happened was the girl that does the lady who does the Murdoch Motors podcast is from that area it's from South Carolina the area where this occurred and so she knew of the Murdochs apparently down there it was it was known this was like these this is a family they, they, they ran that area they're the richest in the area and their corruption and shit they do had been known and so this girl got fed up with it because of the um the Stephen um 
the Steve, uh, I'm forgetting everybody's name today. The the gay kid that they that showed up mysteriously dead. That the rumor is that um, Buster did it. Anyway, it was a lot of shit going on down there that she was trying to get somebody to do something about, and that's what the podcast started on. And the podcast was so thorough and so well done that it was causing problems for the police because people were listening to the podcast and being like, you know, calling Sled, which is South Carolina law enforcement division or something like that just complaint like hey what the fuck is going on like these people down here stealing money and doing all this so the Murdoch Murders podcast is how we got to the point where we're culminated where where, Mur- where Alec Murdoch was found guilty it's a very good podcast it's a whole lot of episodes I'm telling you right now because shit is very thorough and she has been following it for about four years now before it really hit the news matter of fact they, the Murdoch um, attorneys tried to put a gag order on her podcast because her podcast was putting heat on them. The podcast was giving evidence and, and, and saying things like, this is what happened here, this is what happened here, this got covered up, that got covered up, how come he didn't get charged for this, how come he get... And it made them look so bad that they had to <laughs> reopen the case. The, the boat case is what um, really got all the shit rolling, but her podcast where she went before the boat case, and she was like, yeah, the boat case was great, but look, this other shit they were doing that led up even to the boat case, to how to how this boat case could occur, and how even strange they were acting for the boat case, how they weren't treating them regular. So anyway, the point I'm trying to say is, did the Murdoch Murders podcast, if you want to know in detail, because this murder is just, it's just the tip of the iceberg. It's the tippy top of the iceberg. There's so much more that's going on behind this. They think this man been running drugs. They think this family been running drugs. It's all kind of bullshit, right? So anyway, um, so because I listened to that podcast, and then the other one I told y'all, the prosecutors, they um, are covering Murdoch murder, murder, murder too. They're going to have a six-parter, and... I, I told I said wrong last week. I said that the pro- prosecutors were really only focusing mainly on the um, murders, but that's not true. I li- so I listened to their second episode today, and they are going to go through it all. They're just going backwards instead of forwards. So if you, that's another one, and theirs is a little bit briefer. Like the, the Mur- Murtaugh Murders podcast, I think they up to like episode 155 now. And I'm telling you, you don't have to listen to all those episodes. A lot of that is like bonus episodes. All you got to do, they're, they're titled really well, so if you want to listen to it, just go through, and you can look each episode. It'll say the the um, the the um, Gloria Satterfield murder. It'll say, so you can see the episodes that you want to listen to. You don't have to listen to them all. I think the ones that are key to what you need to understand might be like 10, maybe 15 episodes tops. You can all the, I mean, if you want to listen to the bonus stuff, but the bonus stuff is a lot of them going over, you know, talking to this person or going over some testimony or going over something, and there was another side trial of one of the um, co-conspirators with, with Alec Murdoch in the financial crimes. He had a whole trial, and they went through all of that, so if you, you don't, it's daunting when you look at it, because you're like, god damn, I'm not about to listen to all these episodes, but you can go through and just follow um, uh, you can go through and find out what went on with Alec enough and you don't got to listen to all them episodes. Just read the titles, and it'll tell you. You can go in order, and then you can skip. Like, sometimes, like, you'll be up to episode five, and then there'll be, like, three or four bonus episodes. You can skip over them, and then they'll pick right back up with episode six from where you last left off. So that's all you got to do. But if you really want to know what happened, that's I suggest that podcast because she did that thing is in-depth. And it's when you first listen to it, it can sound like she's going off into conspiracy land, but... Turns out, 
She wasn't because, like I said, she started this podcast before it reached national news. So I'm listening to this podcast in 2021. I don't know nothing about this case. I don't even know nothing about the boat case. The boat case had not even reached the news yet, and she's drawing all these lines, and she's the first one, actually, who said that Alex murdered his wife and kid because nobody thought that. It took them so long to arrest him and charge him. They thought that he might be involved. They thought that it might have something to do with the, because I said, you know, they saying this guy might be connected to drug smuggling. It's a lot of shit he might be connected to. And they were like, they thought that it might have something. They didn't know if it was a, a, a threat to him. They didn't know what it was. But nobody really thought that he did it. But she did. I'm listening to this podcast like a year and a half before he got arrested and she's drawn and she's like this I think she he killed Gloria and Maggie and Paul and this is why and he can and she connected it up and damn near I mean I don't know if if, if the prosecution listened to her podcast and building their case but I would be surprised if they didn't because she laid a lot of the shit out she put that she put she had the um, 911 call. She put a lot of it together. Um, and so he's convicted now. And this is what I want to say. I have no doubt. To me, I, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't really sure. I, I thought he was connected, but I wasn't really sure myself if he actually killed them, if he hired somebody to kill them. I, I knew he had something to do with it, but I wasn't for sure that he actually shot his wife and his son. Not that I put it above him, not that I thought he wouldn't do it, because that motherfucker looked the the, the, the woman who raised his motherfucking son, Gloria Satterfield, raised his motherfucking son, he looked her, he, people think he him or his wife probably killed her and then looked at her children in the eye, told them they was going, he was going to get some money for them and stole their fucking money. So a person that could do something like that, what wouldn't they do? So all this stuff about, I mean, I'm going to get into it, but I, I just think, I think the conviction is, 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 is a, is a duh. I always thought he was going to get convicted. Um, I thought the way the prosecution handled it was masterful. I thought this to me personally, the cell phone data that's the whole murder right there. I don't understand why people thought that that shit was such a hard case. The man lied, made up a whole story that he told the police. They interrogated him several times. He told the same story every time. He 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 read, wrote. He did. He basically did a Scott Peterson. He did a Scott Peterson. He he rode around and made up this fake um alibi and he stuck to it and he was gonna stick to it. He didn't know that he was on that that phone and. He didn't know he was on the phone, and he didn't know that the they didn't know that the prosecution had the GPS of all the phones involved that could show that Alex was the one riding around that firm. They 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 didn't they didn't get that till later, and once they got that, that was the case to me. Um, but what I want to say is like I this case, the Tory case. The serial Adnan Syed case, it just, this is why I like the prosecutors, because a prosecutor's podcast, not only, they're two prosecutors, that's what they do for a living, still, and so they go through the case, but they're not, they don't, they just lay the case, and, and, and as prosecutors, they don't always agree with, like, I listen to the, um, Michael Peterson, the staircase trial, and, like, all my people think I'm, you know, crazy, because I actually think that it was an owl. I don't, I think, I think the owl theory was dismissed too, too soon, and I think the wounds actually do track with the owl, 
And when the prosecutors went through, they came to the same conclusion. They were like, we're not saying for sure. They were like, but uh, of all the theories that people have put out there, this is the one that said, and I think so too. Like, I never, so anyway, what I said all that to say, don't think because they're prosecutors, they're going through all these cases and telling you everybody's guilty. That's not the case at all. There's a lot of times they go through and they say, I think they got the wrong guy here. I think the evidence is stronger here. I think that evidence don't show that at all. So it's a really good, po- if you want to see how, trials are conducted and the evidence and and how um, things are presented to the jury and, and why it's a good podcast and I like it because they show how these conspiracy theories and people who think people are innocent and people who think misunderstand what reason but that they show the jumps in logic that people have to go through and what I always tell people when they get off of these conspiracy theories I'll be like but for what you're saying to be true, all of these, of this has to be true, and that has to be true, and that has to be true, and these 10 people over here have to be into it, and they also have to tell these people, and they have to keep it quiet, and you got all these people in this cabal that are all, for some reason, unknown, all conspiring to set up this one guy, and nobody's saying anything, it doesn't, and he does that a lot, and when he does it, you start to see how, it's just, you, you, you're, 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 People gotta, you gotta use your brain, and you and people just jump through logical loops to and that and to come at to like crazy conclusions. And I kept saying people in the Murdoch case saying that it was circumstantial. First of all, circumstantial evidence is evidence. I don't know why people think circumstantial is some kind of weak evidence. Most cases that go to trial go to trial on circumstantial because if you have direct evidence which is like somebody saw you shoot like you know you're on camera shooting the guy or you shot the guy in the middle of the street and everybody saw it and it's you know direct evidence you know most those cases don't go to trial you're on video shooting the guy they caught you in the street those are the guys that take the plea because oh shit they got me most cases that go to trial are circumstantial evidence and for some reason people think circumstantial evidence is weak it's not circumstantial evidence can be some of the best evidence because duh logic and when I saw if a man makes up an alibi saying he wasn't at the murder scene and then oops we found out oh the the son that you shot actually though you didn't know it was taking a video to show his friend about this dog tail and actually your voice is on that video so we know you lied and and we know you were on the scene so once I saw that, I'm like, well, boom, he did it because he's on the scene at the time they got, they were, and people were like, well, we don't notice the time. I'm like, okay. Again, it's three people on the scene. Two people end up murdered. The one guy, the, the son was filming something on his phone. At, at some point, it, the phone, the person that he was uh, chatting with, the phone goes dead and cuts off in the middle of the conversation and it's he never, God never picks the phone, Paul never picked the phone up, never responded to it again. His mom, also in the barn, was texting and whatever, and then all of a sudden, almost around the same time, her phone goes dead, and then she never responds again. And there's only three people there. So, I'm not understanding how they can say, well, we, they said, you know, oh, well, the defense witness says something about, listen, I understand that you can bring a defense witness on that can say that they can't say for sure, but, this is the difference between this is why circumstantial evidence is real evidence because you can put whatever medical person you want on the stand and tell me well the body temperature the range of death could have been 
three or four hours later, it could have been too, okay, could have been, great. You using science and you using body temperature, but buddy, 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 if you tell me that there are three people in a barn at 335 and, and this one's texting and that one's on the phone and this one's everything's going and we can see through their phones that everything's going to normal. They picking up, you know, people calling, they answering, they checking emails. And then all of a sudden at 353 and 20 seconds, both of them phones stop abruptly and they're not responding to anything after that time. And then we find out later they were ended up being murdered. Um, most people can say with a lot of certainty that, okay, whatever happened to these people probably happened at the time that both of their phones went dead and they stopped reacting. So yeah, could it have been maybe an hour later? Yeah, it could have been, but we know it couldn't have been before. We know it couldn't have been before. And we know that this other person was there at the exact time it happened and they're not dead. So they, when whatever happened to these people, whatever it was, however long it took at the moment that it happened, this other person was there and they said they weren't and they lied about it. And they got this whole elaborate alibi about how they went to their mama house and they went to their daddy house. But the phone don't show that the phone doesn't show that they went in any other places. The phone shows that they were at there at the time and that they checked this phone and they checked that phone. Like phone data is very powerful. I don't know why people think that's circumstantial. It might be circumstantial, but let me tell you something. You could get an expert on the stand to say anything you want them to say, but you know what? You know what Verizon don't give a fuck about? Your case. What you got to say, what you trying to lie. They don't get, they're going to go down to Verizon. We're going to get the Verizon phone records, and the phone records going to say what they say. And they're going to say at 3, 331, you text this person, that person texts you back, and then at, after that, it was a no more text. And that's. That's powerful up to me. So, you know, I'm going to take that over. Okay, man, you saying it could have been an hour later, but all I know is these people was living life normal. Then all of a sudden, both of them stopped at the exact same time and they both ended up dead. And the third person that said they wasn't there was also on the scene, but they didn't see who did it and they not dead. So to me, that was the whole case. And I read once they got out of deliberations that one of the jurors said that they were like, yeah, it's a cell phone data. Cause duh. And that's why they didn't take them no time. Cause duh. I mean, I'm glad you putting all of this evidence cause you need to do that. Good job. But nigga, the cell, the whole case was cell phone data to me. The man was there. People talking about two guns. Oh, well, no, you could you think one person can't carry two guns? The man planned the crime. This was not a spontaneous thing. He called both of them. Neither one of them were going to be at that property. He called both of them there. He called the wife there, told her one reason. Called the son there, told him another reason. He planned it so he can take two guns because he's thinking, oh, if I have two guns, they'll think it was two people and they won't think it was me. So I'll just lie. I said one there. I said one here. I said one there. There'll be two guns. They'll assume it was two hitmen. That was his plan. It just ain't work out because he didn't know that he was, he, his son was recording and he got caught on that recording. And that's what blew That's what fucked his whole shit up. Because he did not know his son was recording. And they showed, I watched the day they showed all the cell phone activity. And the, the good thing about, because listen, when I caught terrorists, that's how we catch terrorists. We catch terrorists through cell phones. Because that shit is not, it, it's, it is what it is. If the cell phone says you're walking down Fifth Avenue and we can trace that, because as you walk down Fifth Avenue, you're pinging off the different towers and we can see the direction you're going and we can see where you stop, we can say, that's how we got people all the time. Oh, he's right there. He's on the corner of 135th and 5th at that phone booth. That's where he, oh, he's moving. He's moving down the block. All right, all right, follow him. We can, it's like, it's a beacon. 
A cell phone is a beacon on you. When you walk down the street with your cell phone, I can I can follow you all over the city. If you walk past an iPhone store, you're going you're gonna to hit their Wi-Fi. If you walk past, like, it's a beacon. So that's all I needed to hear. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, I think people underestimate juries. I think people are think every jury is the OJ jury. I think every people think every jury is subject to manipulation. And I think that jury did a really good job. They was like, man, look. And, and I think Alex Murdoch on the stand, I mean, to me, he came across as a pure psycho. I mean... I don't understand why, he, I mean, I, I guess I know why he was on the stand, because he had to try to lie away beyond the video, but I mean, dog, what can you say, he got up there, you get up there on the stand, and you're admitting to robbing these people, admitting to stealing all these money from people that you claim to love, that you claim to be close to, so, like, but we supposed to believe you that you didn't kill your wife and son, even though you sitting there testifying to how you lie constantly with no remorse and no, like, nothing, like, so he's guilty, I, I had no doubt that he would be guilty. I thought the judge was perfect in what he said to him when he gave him two life sentences because he was like, bro, look, you might be fooling all these people in the media, but you ain't fooled me and you ain't fooled the jurors because you, you, you unrepentant still. You, like, you, like, the one thing I like on the prosecutors, they were talking about how they're putting him on the stand and they were like, the, he, he kept calling his son Paul Paul. And he was like, why are you calling this boy Paul? Nobody calls him Paul. But they were like, oh, that's that's trying to manipulate the jury and trying to make them think, oh, you're this close to this boy. He was like, but it's dumb because, first of all, you didn't even raise him. If you know this story, the babysitter who's, who they pushed down the steps and stole, and stole the money from her kids raised Paul. The one that was murdered, she raised him. So you didn't even raise the boy, but you want to stand now talking about calling, you called him Papa. How you called the boy Papa? You didn't even raise him, and then you killed the woman that did raise him, and stole her inheritance, stole the money that you that her kid was supposed to go to her kids. You stole it. So I'm just I'm uh, man. That jury came back and forth saying, "Listen, when the jury come back fast, it's it's usually not a good thing for the defendant." And I thought they would at least take a day, but when they came back in 45 minutes, I was like, "Okay, that's my kind of jury." They was sitting there, tired of that man playing in his in their face. They saw that cell phone data, and they was like, "Nigga, you did it." It's no other no other evidence anybody else was there. You were there at the time. You said you wasn't. You lied. You claiming this this opioid addiction, but that I don't understand how opioids. That's not a that's not a value if you say that you know you got there later and you stole the money money off them off of them that's but opioid what does that that's not why you lie and make up a whole alibi opioids are not you could be on opioids and be like nigga I, I mean shit I was high in the house but shit I don't know who killed them like that's not you you lie because you did it and for all the people saying I just don't believe he'll kill you, you got listen listen by the time you listen to these podcasts you will understand why that jury only took 45 minutes because that man has done some heinous shit and it is not at all a reach to think that he killed his wife and son. Not at all. The man faked a, 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 a attack, a, a so-called hit on his own self to get out of the financial trouble that he was in. So, goodbye to Earth, Alex Murdoch. I think he's a psycho. I think the whole family is trash. I think the, the son, who rumor has it, is responsible for another murder in town. They saying that he was messing with one of the gay boys and, and, and it was going to come out. So they killed him. Um, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but you know, your, your, your wife, your, your mother and your brother were killed by your father. And you got up on the stand and testified on behalf of your father, but ain't have no victim impact statement for your mother or your brother. Like I just saw, I think that speaks a lot to that family. And they said nobody stood up to speak for the for the victims, which I think speaks a lot. 
I mean, maybe you don't like the ex-wife, fine, but the boy, you you don't speak up for the for the boy. So, yeah, good riddance. Um, so finally, what I want to say, and I teased this out from a prior conversation we've been having, where you know this thing where we, you know, the the cultural appropriation, and you know how you know, those of us of a certain generation are like, yo, this shit, like, when did the white people start, like, stop being white people? Like, in the 80s and the 90s, like, every, the reason why there was a golden era is because everybody was in their bag. The rock kids was in their bag. The punk kids was in their bag. The, the, the pop kids, like, all, every genre, what the white kids wasn't doing hip-hop, they was doing their own white shit, right? And it's like, I think a lot of the shit that's going on right now is because you have these white people. This whole thing where these white people are acting like they're under attack and 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 it's not okay. Like it's oh, we want people to know it's all these podcasts. It's okay to be white. Nobody never said it wasn't okay to be white. The reason why y'all are flipping out is because y'all are trying to be a part of our shit, and you can't. Y'all are trying to be in the hip-hop. Y'all want to be cool. Y'all want to be a part of our shit. Y'all want to mind our business, and we won't let you. And you can't because it's not your culture. It's not your thing. There are so many white people out here, just regular white people, Caucasian. They don't eat spicy food. Tad is cool as fuck. Tad worked down to your job. Tad listen to country music. Tad wear his little hats. He don't eat nothing spicy. He had to, he had to, uh, you know, the, 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 um, potluck. No, thank you. Let me just get some salad and some ranch. Oh yeah. Thanks. Oh, thanks Bernice. No, it's too spicy. You know, he's just being Caucasian and Brad is cool as fuck. Brad get invited to everything. Because Brad ain't doing too much. Brad stay in his Caucasian lane. He ain't trying to be all rapidy rap. He ain't trying to, hey, homegirl. He's just being Caucasian. And we need to bring more, we need to bring white people back. Please bring the white people back. We are tired of y'all mixy, trying to be urban, exotical, getting your lips puffed up, trying to be black ass white people. We tired of it. Can y'all please go back to being white people? Stop, like, where's your creativity? Like, where's the dope rock songs? Where's the Avril Lavigne's? Where's the dope pop girls? Where, where is it? We're not getting no creativity out of y'all. We're not getting nothing new out of y'all except for Taylor Swift, which y'all hate, but I, Taylor's my girl because Taylor's doing Caucasian shit. Taylor is doing her little diddy bop, centipede, whatever fuck dance she give. She writing country tunes. She writing pop tunes about the boy and she likes and how to drink the soda pop and how to go down to shit. Ain't nothing spicy. Ain't no hot sauce. Ain't no cornbread. Ain't nothing in that shit. That shit is white and, and, and taking over the world. Even Harry Styles, but see, I done talked about him last week. He, they trying to, they trying to make him jazzy and jazzed up and spicy, and he's not, and that's the issue. But like, we need cool white people. Gen X, we grew up with cool white people, and we need cool white people to come in style. We tired of y'all trying to hip hop and twerk and 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 do everything with us. Go down to the country bar and make up a cool ass line dance with some Chris Staples or some Kelsey um 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 fucking I cannot remember names today y'all know who I'm talking about fucking Kelsey be singing her face down Brandy Carlisle come back with some Caucasian dope shit and put it out we want regular white people we want y'all to drink y'all's fucking um little seltzer water with no flavor 
we want y'all to, you know, eat your little mayo sandwiches. We want y'all to, we want y'all to be Caucasian. And, and that's how y'all be cool. The problem is y'all got all these asshole motherfuckers y'all race. Cause, cause Brad and Amy who stay in their Caucasian lanes, they cool as shit. They not racist. They don't bother nobody. They, they, Hey, Lorraine, how's your mom? How's your kid? They cool. They, they don't, they not trying to be nothing. They not. They treat everybody the same. They treat everybody respect. Hey, you want to come on down to the cookout? Come on down. Yeah, we'll have burgers. Ain't going to be a liquor seasoning on them burgers. Ain't going to be a, nothing of spice. But you ain't going to have no problems. They're not going to say nothing crazy. They're not going to talk to you. They're not going to be talking hip-hop to you. You know, they're not going to be trying to... They're just going to be regular. They're not going to be step out their white box one minute. And that's going to be fine. We need to bring them people back. It's these motherfuckers that want to be down, but racist as fuck, and want to play in your face and 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 be all this hip hop and woke. Oh, I'm tired of woke. No, you're not tired of woke. You love woke, whatever the fuck y'all think that means. I'm gonna stole that, made that some dumb shit. Y'all love that shit. Y'all just mad because y'all can't be a part of our shit. That's the problem. That's why y'all out here upset. Okay. And. I just feel like the solution is we have to make it, why isn't it, it's okay to just be white. Y'all want to be racist is the problem. Nobody is bothering white people from being white. Nobody's stopping y'all from eating y'all unseasoned chicken breasts. Nobody's stopping y'all from going to the Marie Claire's and, 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 and jazz, you know, balling out. Nobody's stopping y'all from wearing y'all Skechers and, and y'all's, you know, Kirkland signature jeans and your, and your Steph's, uh, um, um, and what, what Steph sneakers and ones, what do you got? Whatever, them, them, them sneaker stuff wear. Nobody that the white men love. Nobody stopping y'all from wearing y'all Oakley glasses and y'all vests and y'all Tyvek shoes. Nobody stopping y'all. We would love for y'all to go back to that and stay out of our business and stop trying to learn all our rap songs and stop trying to do all our dances. We don't want you to do that. We want you to be Caucasian, Becky. Okay? Brad. Tad. So... I feel like that's the solution for the problem in America. We need to bring Caucasian people back. We did, we got these people passing all these laws. We need to we need to have more white babies because y'all are up in the clubs and y'all messing with Tyrone and Tyreek and having all these interracial babies. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that from a miscegenation point of view. I'm just saying that I just feel like y'all are doing too much and y'all are trying too hard. And it's just, if y'all would just, if we, not saying segregation, but like, it's okay, Becky, for you to just like Jim. Jim's dry, Jim's boring, y'all dry, y'all boring together. It's okay for y'all to eat that fucking boiled chicken and that dry-ass vegetables and for y'all to watch, you know, Rachel Maddow, whatever the fuck y'all watch. Just be white. Some of the coolest white people I know are just white. They not trying to do too much. They're not trying to out-rap me. They're not trying to, you know, be super cool. They're not trying to dress like we dress and do. They're not trying to do none of that. They are comfortable in, in their Caucasianness, and they're doing it to the best of their ability. And I just think we need to get more of that. I don't know. That's my solution. I've been thinking about it. Y'all can let me know if y'all agree, but I just think we need to bring white people back. We need to bring Caucasian people back. 
And I don't know, maybe maybe we too far gone, but I don't think so. Because I think the girls are getting tired of BBLs. I think they're getting tired of three and four baby daddies. I think they're getting tired of trying to keep up with, you know, black people trying to keep. Because you ain't ever going to be able to catch us. Whenever you catch on to something we're doing, we're on to something else. I think they're tired of chasing us. Oh, my God, I just got the fucking lips and the BBLs. And I got the big hoop girlfriend get earrings. And they're not even doing it. Oh, my God, look, she's wearing Skechers. Oh, my God, Megan, what are we going to do? Like I feel like y'all, I feel like it's it's running y'all ragged and it's driving y'all crazy. So I feel like y'all should just go back to what y'all do best, and then maybe we can get you know we can move along and we can get, move out of this terrible culture era where all the clothes are ugly, all the music is trash, there's no creativity, everything is fucking blonde terrible. I feel like we can move past that if y'all can start doing great Caucasian things and let us do black, great black things. And the Mexicans, I don't know what to tell y'all cause y'all either copy one or the other. Y'all might have to come up with something on y'all own. I don't know. Um, cause the, you know, the Puerto Ricans and, and, and the, and the, the Caribbean Latinos, they, they, they on it. They, they got their thing. They, they, they shit taking over the gasolina and bad bunny and all of that shit. They taking the fuck over. So I don't know what y'all got to come up with something. Cause that, that barrio shit is old too. Ain't nobody, that's, that's played out. All right. So that's it. That's all I got for y'all this week. Um, sorry, it's a bit rushed, but like I said, I got to be at this movie, um, later. And so I wanted to give y'all a decent episode. Sorry for the delay. Sorry for the wait, but it is what it is. I'm not even gonna say it's not gonna happen again because it might. Um, but I appreciate y'all sticking with me. I appreciate y'all rocking with me. Um, I will continue to give y'all episodes. They just might be a little late. I don't know when they're going to drop and when they're not going to drop. And I don't know. Maybe we'll see. If it keeps up like this, maybe I just go to every two weeks instead of every week. We'll see. You know, but I, I, I'll tell you, I'd rather just wait. I don't want to just... I, that, I don't want to just drop an episode every week if I ain't really got nothing too much to talk about. So I'd rather... If that's the case, I'd rather just wait like I've been doing and just give y'all everything in one episode. Okay? So... Anyway, I appreciate y'all listening. Um, hope y'all having, you know, we're going into spring. Hey, it ain't dark at 5 o'clock no more. The days are getting longer. Spring is it's coming. I see it. Um, I know the weather's still trying to snow and all that shit, even though it really wasn't that big a deal in New York. But, um, you know, so we roll into the good weather. We rolling into my favorite time of year. So, you know, I hope everybody's feeling good about that. And, you know, yeah, that's all. I've been rattling too long. Like me, rate me. See y'all next week. Peace.